Welcome to the Sandbox. Hey, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And this is episode 15 of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. Thanks for listening today. Uh, we wanted to share a little bit of an interview with you that we had uh, when Heather Lynn and Jason were here for our Sandbox Cooperative Live event a few months ago. We had a really great conversation with them. It was just so great to touch base with them and learn a little bit more about what they're up to. Yeah, I had met Heather Lynn and Jason, man, years ago now. And just to kind of meet them all over again and find out where where they're at, where their journey has taken them. It was a fantastic conversation. And then we had that live event that just was phenomenal as Heather Lynn was sharing her music, but we didn't get a chance to talk with Jason that night. Yeah, and actually, so we did, did include him on this podcast and he had never recorded a podcast before. Never. But uh, you would think he's done a thousand of them. It was just, it was great. And he had just such great insight to share. Both of them did. Um, we just thoroughly enjoyed that conversation and uh, we just want to share it with you now. We are so excited to welcome Heather Lynn and Jason of Heather Lynn Music here to the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast today. Uh, it's been great to get to get to know them a little bit over the last couple of days and just uh, learn a little bit about their story, uh, hear a little bit more of Heather Lynn's music and, and dig into that a little bit and kind of what the heart is behind that. And uh, it's just great to have you guys here. Mm, it's great to be with you all. Thank mm-hmm. you for the invitation. Awesome. So one of the things that you guys, and actually it was really interesting as we started um, kind of communicating about having you guys here for the live event and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the ways that you guys operate financially mm-hmm. is through this idea of gift economy, which actually presented a little bit of challenge for us as we we're trying to figure yes. out, okay, so how does that work and what's the best mm-hmm. way to respond uh, to that? Perfect. Um, and it's it's really, really an incredible idea and I think really mm-hmm. helpful, but a little bit challenging when you're on the outside yeah. of it. So can you tell us a little well, bit about it? Well, it's always awkward to talk about money yeah, but anyway. It brought, but it brought you <laughs> right? into conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it brought us into yeah. a relationship. It, it, I think it, a big part of the gift economy is it just, um, I was thinking about this. Where, where do we start with to give people a perspective? But think, think about like if, if you go to the store today and uh, you encounter the teller, you encounter, uh, encounter the service person and, and all of those relationships are based off of the transaction that's going to take place. And once you've paid for the service or the good, you you're good. You, you go mm-hmm. on your way. And I, I don't, I find like, okay, that, that's a good way of going about it. That's a part of the market driven economy. That's why we have stores, but I think there's other relationships that maybe we should move beyond the transaction. And, and I think that was a longing in our heart mm-hmm. uh, as we ventured into offering the artistry of Heather Lynn in music that um, as a commodity, you, you know, like again in the market, music has become a commodity, much like an author writing a book or a practitioner who's a healer. All of that's mm-hmm. been turned into a commodity, something that at one time off was offered as a gift within community. Mm. And it brought healing and it brought about beauty. It moved us in ways that we didn't think, you know, and it was Mm. a gift. It was a gift. Um, So we found ourselves in this tenacious place of like, uh, what's a fair day's pay kind of thing? Mm. And we would uh, uh, offer a rate, so to speak, and and people would be like, yeah, we uh, we only have, you Mm. know, $50 or something. Yeah, and that response would come from a couple different places we found. Sometimes it would be uh, legitimately like they didn't have, they truly didn't have the resources. And maybe it would be a nonprofit startup that really resonated with the music because the music speaks to those sort of things and kind of communicates their heartbeat for why they do what they do. And so those were exactly the places that we wanted to share and Mm -hmm. give. Uh, 
but often there truly weren't resources to support our work and to keep it going. And then the other place that it would come from sometimes was simply, I think, a place of scarcity, like just not thinking there was enough to support us and and also not Mm -hmm. having the capacity to realize that we needed that support to keep Mm -hmm. doing Mm -hmm. that work. Um, So and people advised us years ago, you know, we were like young, you know, youngsters, like just uh, taking the risk to live into this. I and, still feel young, though. People would. <laughs> people would Speak for yourself. I really want to just started. I just feel a bit tired after this year of travel, but but I, I do still feel young as well. But people would advise us, mm. you know, set your rate, and if people can't meet that rate, then mm. don't do the gig. But then we would end up sitting at home doing nothing because nobody well, had the foresight to set the, to set and budget that you know sort of a living wage. And um, wouldn't often understand why we would have, you yeah. know, like mm. like what we thought was pretty reasonable. And so, yes. yeah. oh, I was just going to say something that you just said, uh, I think is really important. If somebody else is you, this business model, if you want to mm. call it that, is based on uh, a worldview of abundance. Mm. Yes. Mm. And if right. your worldview of abundance mm. is met by a worldview of scarcity. Right. Yeah. Like you guys you, you'll suffer in that because yeah. you're you're bringing abundance and 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 it's just getting sucked out by the scarcity, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. This is a tough reality. I think that we all uh, live with. We feel it. We uh, participate in it. We're all uh, contributing to the further movement of something that was that really in human experience, the human story. You know, uh, really is only about five percent of our. Uh, existence mm-hmm. you know if we've if if humans have been uh, nomadically roaming this globe for 250,000 years some would say mm-hmm. that the this period of time that we find ourselves in is really only about five percent yeah kind of thing yeah. but we think that it was the you know and, and but we're so we're caught up in this particular story and it didn't that story doesn't resonate within uh, our faith the way that we um, want to be change, uh, see particular change to uh, particular problems that we mm-hmm. are experiencing, mm-hmm. um, it, whether it be to the uh, planet or poverty or people, um, like there, to solve those kinds of problems, they can't be solved by the same how-tos mm-hmm. from the old story we need to move into a new story new paradigm of and sorts yeah. so mm-hmm. so what that is for us it's uh, you know six years eight years now we've been doing this and uh, there's a longing depends on a, which beginning you're there, talking there about there's many beginnings uh, a longing <laughs> in our heart for something but we didn't have the words to articulate it we just had to live into it and um, it was really two three years ago I came across an author Charles Eisenstein and he wrote the book Sacred Economics, mm. and that was after a book that he had written called Ascent of Humanity, and uh, those are great books, um, deep books. But for us, Sacred Economics, chapter 21, just really gave wow. language. I was like, this man speaking my heart kind of thing. It's about artists Be- and healers. Artists mm. and healers, and moving away from you know this transaction or relating transactionally, and moving into, like you're saying, abundance, yeah. moving into generosity, yeah. Yeah. moving yeah. into gratitude, gratitude. That, that the expression and now the role of money, because money, let's just, is just bits and numbers on a computer mm-hmm. and has this it's a human uh, construct, a human construct. Uh, we treat it like it's God. 
yeah yeah in a way you know yeah. but it's this but socially, it's not even no god created necessarily no it's just an agreement you between you and <laughs> i terms. to uh to an ex, you know to express a certain movement that we see mm-hmm. and and we can use money it's not about money going away but it's money how is it being expressed is it a transactional thing or is it out of gratitude and so for us we wanted to this is our um we're not protest people necessarily mm-hmm. like we're not but but we are people who are about uh defying the system but we don't want to shake up the system so much that it retaliates on us but but enough that it brings us into relationship you're 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 showing uh you're modeling a different a different reality yeah. you're modeling a a, a a different paradigm and it's fascinating to me you're talking about this idea of artists and healers mm-hmm so we are sitting here in Rochester, Minnesota, mm. in the shadow of the frickin' Mayo Clinic. Wow. And yes, that's great. In in a healthcare system that's completely transactional, you're talking about you're talking about healers and and artists. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're we're it's November uh, right now, and we are trying to figure out how we're paying for how we're paying for all mm-hmm. of this, how how we are going to sign up for our new healthcare coverage or how we're going to pay for stuff uh say more about about that uh, it's, so we were just in australia um and it's interesting finding it, as much as australia is a western culture you know uh, we found ourselves as americans saying we're sorry we're sorry mm. for a lot of things and one of those things that i've noticed um australia has a pretty much a universal health you know everybody's got that kind of safety net every human is valued in there and the widow or the um, divorcee turning 55, like they still got health care, um, no matter what their their means is. And they're beginning to pay in. It's beginning to move towards a privatized kind of thing. And I'm, I'm like, learn from us. Yeah. See where we're yeah. at, where we've taken everything. And uh, again, you know, this, uh, I talk about like an old, Charles Eisenstein will talk about like an old story. And we're moving it, you know, we need to re-up on our new story, human story. And wherever we hear about like market growth, usually a market growth comes at the expense of the um, environment or it comes and takes something from the people. Okay. And it leaves some people behind kind of thing. And I know that there's longing in the doctors here at the Mayo like their longing is to care for people. Right, right. But the very system separates them from that desire, separates them from the person who needs the healing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's and day-to-day a... Day-to-day maintenance, right? Yeah, like the, having to keep up with yeah, the status the pa- quo can sometimes the, be so stressful. And the paperwork and, you know, all of this because we So to turn- change the status quo takes another level of energy yeah. and dedication and thought and activation and so so that um i mean we're just we're all caught up in that system we're caught up in paperwork we're caught up in um i I think the best now i say the best doctor but we we were uh we're caught up in the system we're artists we're um we've really struggled under this system and we we took a um this is you know now it gets political like i i knew that uh the affordable health care act was was going to come about and Mm -hmm. we were paying at the time on our own, we had uh, resigned our regular paycheck job, paying out of pocket, and I was like, I know this Affordable Health Care Act, we got good health, and so I cut our health care, what we were paying for that, 
and I took that money and put that reinvested that back into ourselves, what we were doing kind of thing, knowing that like in two years, most likely the Affordable Health Care Act or some form some of form movement of was going to happen. That was another defined <laughs> act to the system. I'm like, I'm, I'm playing the game. I mean, I'm not a stock market guy, <laughs> but I'm like, I'm playing with my own yeah, life. Mode. Like, like I'm playing that kind of like, <laughs> where, what direction is this going to go? Yeah, yeah. But we needed to find a doctor. We were going to pay out of pocket. And we came across this uh, doctor. He was in uh, Burnsville. And uh, I came across him in the, the newspaper, Star Trib. And um, I think it was Time Wise was the That's clinic. That's the clinic was cl- called. Clinic, Time Wise. And he was a doctor who was tired of the very system that he was caught up in. Mm-hmm. I was like, he he, mm-hmm. he was me. But he's, he was on the other he's side. He's the counterpart. He was the doctor mm-hmm. who was yeah. just like, I'm caught up in this system. I got to do all this paperwork. Like, yeah. I only can give 10 minutes of my time to, to the patient. I'm just asking questions. I'm just like, I'm really not getting the full story of what's going on in their lives to mm-hmm. why, mm-hmm. where the real hurt is and so he quit he was working uh, 24-hour shifts along the north shore of minnesota sleeping on couches kind of deal and he got to this point where he took uh, a personal loan out to buy mm-hmm. some basic equipment that he needed kind of deal. opened mm-hmm. up uh, his own little clinic that had folding tables much like what we're on right now i'm like this is my man like this <laughs> the, you know his money isn't going into the aesthetics of the room nice. it's going into the care and yeah, yeah. he, for the first, uh, I think it was two or three years, all of what he brought in went to pay f- towards that loan and to pay for a medical uh, assistant person. Otherwise, he didn't take uh, a mm. rate. Mm. And he, he, his own health care was being paid for by his wife. <laughs> he was on his wife. I'm like, okay. this is a doctor who gets it. Yeah, yeah. But we're all, like I said, we're all caught up in the system. These doctors, you know, um, they know. But when is somebody, when are we just going to say enough? Yeah. When are people yeah. going to um, not rise up in the sense of taking to the streets and burning and grabbing mm-hmm. pitchforks and whatever, mm-hmm. but when are we going to rise up to collectively together in love and say we're going to care for one another versus participate in the very system that leaves many behind? But I think that, right? takes, I think that takes what you guys are doing. I mean, I think it, it takes someone taking that risk, someone having the energy mm-hmm. to step outside of that and say, like, we can live this way, actually. Yeah. Um, because then you're able to share that and tell about what that's like and say like, it's, it's scary in some ways, but it's also like, it's actually really impressive. Like, look at what we get to make and look at how we get to live and look at how we get to interact with others. Like people don't, people don't have the energy to, to get there Mm. unless they can see what it looks like. It's, Mm. it's true. Mm. And thanks um, for saying that there's this good. I, I appreciate you saying that. It's encouraging because as we walk this road and it is very risky and it's time, there are times that we are just like, we are so crazy and we probably appear so crazy. Like when we accept an invitation to Australia and we buy a one-way ticket and things like that, you know, which hopefully no one, none of the Australian government will hear that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but we made it, we made it out. Um, but yeah, we just need that encouragement. We're glad that mm-hmm. we're glad that people see that and reflect that back and actually are beginning to move al- along this way uh, together because we if we just tried to do this on our own, it, it wouldn't work. Right. So, and that's why we're starting a nonprofit in the new year too to sort of mm-hmm. formalize the community of support that's been building around us. Yeah, that has been there all along ways that we've mm-hmm. been experimenting learning uh we've been the guinea pigs to it we'll further that but hopefully that uh 
the nonprofit will be a way to to be that experience. Th- another experience, <laughs> but be that very, but maybe become a little bit more tangible for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Uh, right now, they've been just interacting with um, us as people, and people uh, tend to need a little bit more structure, something to get their hands mm-hmm. into. And I think a nonprofit has an identity. You put, uh, you know, you put your board together. You have your articles and. You, corporation your bylaws you have you know it becomes a trust agent to the relationships whereas mm-hmm. right now um people just take us for our word that we're going to show up and we mean <laughs> what we mean when we say like we don't we don't do booking you know we say right. invite us or we'll invite ourselves like mm-hmm. literally in there's you know puts us into a different relate like just we you're chris we were talking about like i didn't know how to interact with them on this but that not knowing how like brought us into conversation mm-hmm. and it brought about yeah, curiosity absolutely. yeah uh, brought about um like what, then how do they make a livelihood and i i like i'm yeah. still that way i don't know how i make a livelihood <laughs> but i do know like um we've we're here today yeah you know yeah. Yep. and it's a different place than six years ago yeah. um i know six years ago we tried to enter into the very system that we're kind of divine defiant to and it didn't feel good it didn't, didn't feel didn't feel yeah. right with my soul my being the way that i wanted to um, be human with another human mm. and uh and i think that's then what like we were already in it and in it i mean like into the unknown of this journey that we're on and we didn't want to go back to what we just came from, mm-hmm. which was the security of a regular paycheck job, because there wasn't contentment there, even though there was yeah. all the goods mm-hmm. uh, of things. So it was like, well, the forward movement is further discovery. I think that's then where my the energy for this came from. Yeah. Whereas when you when um, I, I I totally get it, we and Heather Lynn and I were. People want to know how they come to us looking to how, and I will sit down with people like I will give an immense time. I will sit down with somebody for three hours and we'll keep talking and we'll keep going over and over of like what we're trying to do or how we're going about it. But they're so caught up in the system Mm -hmm. and we have such great compassion for that because we were there and something released us. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in two words as you're talking come to mind. Okay. Please, yeah. So um, what you're doing is an act of resistance mm. against the, the the paradigm that, that, that you find yourself in. At the same time, it's an act of abundance. Yes. So two things that don't seem to go together, resistance <laughs> and abundance. <laughs> the, the paradigm go together. Oh, it's I, crazy. Yeah, it I, is crazy. And, and it's, uh, you know, uh, mm. <laughs> Yeah, that that's it has uh, reignited my faith, mm. you know, to look at from abundance to you know from going from scarcity to abundance because mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. even particular religious narratives, um, um, so they're not all absent, but they speak of scarcity. Yeah, yeah, of, and and but I believe we are we live in the source of life. That's another way of saying God. You know, but, but we have discovered other language to de- to describe. We live in the source of life that's abundant. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, the abundance that rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, as much as there's a sunrise, there's a sunset. Like to me, that's abundance. Like in it continues to flow. And I think the natural movement of that is generosity. With generosity, mm. you have giving mm. and receiving that is out of this expression of love mm. that what 
one is given is out of their gifts and abilities. Mm -hmm. That is the best thing that they have to offer to the beauty and healing. And then the one who's being received, how do they respond? But you can't help but respond in an abundance of what do I have to contribute Mm -hmm. to the beauty and healing of our world. Yeah, Yeah, so that's... Yeah, and I I would say that the the expression or the manifestation of all that is within community. Absolutely. um, I experience that sense of source oh. of, of all life and talk uh, about in another the collective of people coming together. Another counter resistance. You know, we live in a media <laughs> that is, that's another commodity. Commo- mm-hmm. You know, com- media has mm-hmm. become no longer the third voice in our uh, culture or society. You know, it's become a, and it divides us. You know, we have politicians who uh, raise funds off of dividing us. And I think if there's a defined act is people coming together, mm-hmm. whatever that form of community mm-hmm. looks like. If it's in love, let it be that. And uh, Oh, and to truly love one another, it takes a lot of courage. Like it's absolutely. not easy work to come together, right? That's why we often don't do it. That's why we go into our enclaves and that's why we, you know, protect ourselves and sort of keep perceiving and projecting and then living out that story of separation when really we are all interconnected, which is not this like pie in the sky blissful thing. It's like, no, for better or for worse, we just are. Mm -hmm. And so your good is my good. And if something's not well with you, then it's not well with the whole, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Should should I do a song? Yeah, Yeah. let's hear it. Okay. I was trying to think of which one, but maybe I'll just go ahead and do one heart. <laughs> There's a thread that's holding our hearts Suspended in the atmosphere It can take a little while for some of us to get the direction clear But once in a while I can recognize A heart undeniably connected to mine Cause we are
of all that's whole and complete You and I are each a part What a fantastic conversation. Uh, so great hearing from Heather Lynn and Jason. Yeah, it was really just great to talk to them a little bit more, kind of aside from the live event, and just kind of hear a little bit more of what, what's on their mind, too. Yeah, can't wait to catch up with them again some, sometime, but more, more, about their, more about that later. Listening to them, it reminded me of, of this scene in the Bible, and it's where the first followers of Jesus were organizing the new normal, asking what their lives would look like now that, that Jesus was gone. And Chris, it, it paints this picture of a growing, vibrant community of people who lived intentionally, caring for and with one another, sharing their stuff and, and sharing their lives. If someone, if someone was hurting or in need, this growing community of people would do whatever it took, even selling some of their things to help pay for someone else's bills. It was a life of abundance, joy, and radical trust. Life itself became an act of worship, a connection with the divine through their experience and relationship with one another. Of course, that is what community is intended to be, at its best, at its finest, at its most ideal. In this conversation that we just had, I heard Jason and Heather Lynn encouraging us to consider taking steps toward this idea of, uh, as they talked about, gift economy. They have modeled something of what it might look like in today's world. They are an extension of this notion, you know, this hunch, this idea that all will be provided and they will be cared for. So what about us? I get it. I mean, I get it. The idea of the first followers of Jesus and their ideal community may seem a bit out of reach. And it does for me. Maybe Jason and Heather Lynn's story seems a bit out of reach also. You know what? And that's okay. But what would a small step toward community and gift economy look like in your life? This is not an all or nothing move. It's just an intentional step in a certain direction. So again, what would a step toward a trust in abundance and joy look like for you in your life today? Well, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sandbox Cooperative Podcast. It was just great to catch up with Heatherland and Jason and hear a little bit more about their story. Yeah, they've been all over the place and... Right now are out in, in California. They're going to be spending some more time in the Twin Cities and then are going to be out in Colorado. I used to live out there. So my friends in Fort Collins, Boulder, Denver, Lyons, Colorado Springs, they are looking for gigs in, in May and, and actually uh, through much of July. They're looking for Friday nights. So if you want to have a house show or if you have a coffee shop or something that you'd like to do, make sure to contact them. Uh, they are fantastic guests and you and you won't regret it. Also, uh, quickly, just mark on your calendars, May 1st, we're going to be bringing Shane Claiborne to the Sandbox for another live event. So make sure that you, you keep that in mind. 
it's going to be a big night. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. And as always, uh, make sure you check out our social media. Let us know what you're thinking, uh, what topics you'd like us to talk about. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. See you next time. See ya. Please watch your step as you exit the sandbox. 